This is a podcast by The Straits Times. Welcome to Invest Talk. This is a series by The Straits Times podcast channel, Your Money and Career. At Invest Talk, we talk money matters and all things related to investing. We want to give you that extra edge in managing your hard earned money. I'm Lee Su Shen, Associate Editor and Senior Columnist at The Straits Times. Joining me in the studio for this episode is Elijah Lee, who is a Senior Financial Services Manager at Philip Capital. With nearly a decade of experience in the financial services industry, Elijah conducts seminars and webinars on topics such as retirement planning, insurance optimization, and portfolio allocation. Welcome to the show, Elijah. Thank you, Shushen. Glad to be here. In this episode, we will look at how to build in more certainty in our retirement planning, despite increasingly uncertain times. Since the start of this decade, there has been the COVID-19 pandemic and the ongoing Russia-Ukraine crisis. There are supply chain issues. Inflation has soared. This decade could well be chaotic and unpredictable. And if you are nearing retirement, you will be retiring in a volatile, uncertain, complex and ambiguous world. Let's find out how we can cope. So Elijah, let's start with a simple question first. How should someone approach the question of retirement? I would say it's a question of cash flow. Without knowing how much cash you expect to spend in retirement, it can be difficult to figure out how large of an income stream you're going to need. So you will have to put some time into looking at your cash flow and understanding how much you typically spend on a monthly or yearly basis and how much of that is essential spending versus discretionary spending. That sets the foundation to plan for one's retirement. I see. So understanding your cash flow will be the key. What items do people have to consider when they look at cash flow for retirement? There are plenty of things that people have to factor into their cash flow. I'll break it down into a few broad categories with some examples. You have personal spending, for example, food, entertainment, travel, hobbies. Then you have transportation, which should be self-explanatory. If you drive, remember to factor things such as ERP, maintenance, and road tax. In retirement, you will still have property tax and income tax if you have rental properties. Household spending is another big item. People often forget to factor in their MCST or SNCC into their cash flow. You stay in a condo, this can add up. Another big area is insurance premiums. In retirement, integrated shield plans can be quite costly. And I remember working with one lady who was shocked to find out that in order to keep her private hospital coverage, she would have to fork out an additional $200,000 in cash from sixty-five to eighty-five to cover these premiums. That's certainly many things to account for, Elijah. Let's talk a bit more about essential spending. What would you say constitutes essential spending? And how do we ensure that we have enough to meet that spending? Essential spending would really be things that you must spend on to sustain yourself. So for example, you definitely need to pay for your bills, groceries and insurance coverage. There will be some grey areas. I have a client who wanted to continue driving in retirement. So being able to maintain a car as well as the associated costs was something that she deemed essential. On the other hand, I have a client who only views his car as a convenience for him to go to work and he fully intends to switch to public transport or the occasional taxi ride when he retires. In that case, the car is not an essential expense and I plan for his retirement for him based on the cost of public transport. 
To fund such spending, the income stream must be predictable and safe. This is what I would term as a retirement paycheck, as it will be very similar to how one gets paid a salary every month. In Singapore, we have the Central Provident Fund or CPF, which acts as the foundation for retirement for citizens and permanent residents. In fact, the purpose of CPF when it was first introduced was for retirement. When one turns 55, monies from CPF special account are moved to a newly created retirement account or RA. At 65, the monies in RA are then used to pay for an insurance annuity, CPF Life, which provides payouts for life, regardless of how long you live. Such payouts provide predictable and consistent income, a characteristic which cannot be found in many other asset classes. Given the purpose of CPF Life as a national longevity insurance scheme, allowing it to spread longevity risks across a larger member base, and coupled with the fact that it is non-profit and administered by the CPF boards, the payouts from CPF Life are relatively high. Thus, it makes sense that one should maximise the benefits of CPF Life by ensuring that you have a decent sum in your SA or RA accounts. That's certainly important that we must make full use of our national schemes. What if someone needs more income than what CPF Life can provide? Yes, even CPF Life has its limits. For someone turning 55 in 2023, with a maximum amount of $298,200 in their retirement account, the payout that CPF Life will provide in 2033 at 65 is about 2370 a month. For some people, this may not be enough for the lifestyle that they desire, especially when one considers inflation on the cost of living 10 years later. For others, they may not even have access to CPF Life at all. For example, if they are working here on a work pass. In this case, they must build additional layers of income from safe instruments such as private annuities as well as retirement income plans in order to get sufficient income for their essentials. Whether you choose one or both, ensuring that additional layers of income is provided for during retirement will go a long way in providing for one's needs. These additional layers work by complementing CPF life and can be obtained by setting aside funds in either a private annuity or a retirement income plan. Like CPF life, the purpose of such instruments is to protect against life uncertainties by providing consistent and predictable payouts, regardless of market conditions. They also do not require any management, unlike investments. Such instruments offer a variety of customizable options which will help you to create the retirement that you envision. For example, starting payouts earlier than 65 so that you can retire earlier, or even ensuring that the payouts continue to a loved one when you are no longer around, since CPF Life payouts stop when you pass on. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. And now back to our podcast episode. Let's get back to the conversation with my guest today, Elijah Lee from Philip Capital. Now, Elijah, we've spoken about essential spending, or paycheck as you term it. Let's talk about discretionary spending. What should we take note of? Discretionary spending would largely comprise non-essentials like holidays or fine dining. If 2020 and 2021 is any indication, most people did not go for a single overseas holiday and life still goes on. I would say that discretionary spending is more about the quality of your retirement, being able to enjoy the fruits of your hard work and having a comfortable lifestyle. Such spending can be funded by income streams from sources such as your investments, for example, a dividend-paying portfolio consisting of unit trusts, REITs and stocks. 
I will consider these income streams as play checks, which are meant for your enjoyment in retirement. These instruments have their pros and cons, so we need to be able to evaluate them before we decide if they are suitable for us. And we also need to allocate the amounts wisely so that our entire portfolio is not exposed to undue risk. Just because these instruments pay dividends regularly does not mean that they will continue to do so. Many companies suspended dividend payouts during COVID-19. And if you were overly relying on them for your retirement income, you might have been in trouble. Even companies with strong balance sheets, such as the banks, cut their dividends for a full year before eventually restoring them. When your reserves are depleting because your income streams are reduced, it is easy to feel worried and stressed, which may lead to poor decisions being taken when it comes to your portfolio. If your income from such sources is reduced, adjust your spending accordingly. Go for a shorter holiday or opt for a nearby destination. Your so-called paycheck or essential spending will not be affected if you have allocated sufficient income for them via safe income streams. Right, these are good points. Do you have any other tips for our listeners when it comes to strategizing for retirement, in particular on timing? If I'm in my 30s, is it too early to start? Or if I'm nearly 55, is it too late? Let me address the last part of your question first. It's definitely never too late to start. If you're in your 30s, you should definitely start to plan for retirement. We all have to retire one day, so we might as well plan ahead and try to have an abundant and enjoyable retirement where we can. Starting early helps you to ensure that you can track your progress towards creating your retirement paychecks and playchecks and make adjustments accordingly. I've worked with clients in their 20s who want to ensure that they can retire at 55 and no later. If you're in your 50s, it's more important than ever that you start to plan. One age that you will have is that you probably have amassed a fair bit of assets and resources. For example, you may have a fair bit of cash sitting in your bank. At this point, it is about deploying excess cash to work for you to create income streams, either by starting to create a dividend-paying portfolio or buying an annuity. Or you may have already built a portfolio of stocks, bonds, REITs and unit trusts and you will want to optimise your current portfolio to ensure that you are getting the best out of it. For example, you may want to restructure your holdings by cutting losses in some underperforming assets. So you can see that it is never too late to start. I've worked with people in their 50s and 60s as well. It's all about taking action. However, even the most carefully crafted plans can deviate from what was intended. The further away your retirement is, the more likely it is that projections and estimates will have to be revisited and revised. It is thus important to ensure that regular reviews are done to ensure that you are on track to get what you want in retirement rather than be in for a shock when you finally retire. Small adjustments made to stay on track will ensure that you have a greater chance of a successful retirement. In addition, it's important to take action. I have met some people who have asked for comprehensive retirement planning to be performed for them. After that was done, they were caught up in work and did not manage to take action. When we finally revisited their plan two years later, the situation had changed and they had to commit even more resources to ensure that they could still have the retirement lifestyle they desired. Also, it's important to identify what kind of goal you're working towards. When I say that, what I mean is that if you're working towards a long-term goal like retirement, don't be swayed by a short-term return such as a 4% fixed deposit for 8 months. While you may get your interest from your fixed deposit, this 4% rate is certainly not going to stick around after your fixed deposit matures. While it can be tempting to chase such returns, 
if money is meant for a long-term goal, putting it in a short-term instrument will likely delay you from reaching your long-term goals. Lastly, alongside your retirement goals, it is also important to review one's coverage. Long-term care and medical care can be extremely costly, and the last thing that anyone wants is for their retirement pot to be wiped out due to hospitalisation or nursing home costs. A hospitalisation plan and long-term care coverage will help mitigate such risks and reduce the financial impact on your retirement. So that's it from us. Think about how to structure your paycheck versus your playcheck. Considerations such as your cash flow, sources and stability of your income streams are also important factors to look out for. Thanks very much for your insights, Elijah. Glad to be here. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Invest Talk, a series by the Straits Times podcast channel, Your Money and Career. I'm Lee Sushen. If you'd like to read my column, there are links in our podcast text description. Happy investing. That was a podcast by The Straits Times. Send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. For more podcasts by The Straits Times, The Business Times, and Money FM 89.3, you can also download the audio by SPH app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Do note, all analyses, opinions, recommendations and other information in this podcast are for your general information only. You should not rely on them in making any decision. Please consult a fully qualified financial advisor or professional expert for independent advice and verification. To the fullest extent permitted by law, SPH Media shall not be liable for any loss arising from the use of or reliance on any analyses, opinions, recommendations, and other information in this podcast. SPH Media accepts no responsibility or liability whatsoever that may result or arise from the products, services, or information of any third parties.